0: hey there future friends this week we run faster than ever we burn brighter than ever and we get more tropes than ever this is the week of june 16th 2023 and this is the future flicks with billiam 8th anniversary So yes, my future friends, it's my eighth anniversary, and my dumbass forgot to tell Snarf Chris that it is, because if you've been around with me before, you know how I like to do things. You know I like to just ask my friends, going, hey, do you want to say something? I'll play it on my podcast, you know, really boost my ego, a little mind wank, if you will, but I completely forgot. I told Lisa from We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, but thankfully it's because she messaged me first about something. Otherwise, I don't think I would have told her either. But it's been eight years. Isn't that insane? Uh, I didn't want to do anything special, really, just because, I mean, what would I do? I like the format of my show. I know we're not super popular here, but I think I offer a good service, talking about all the movies that come out during the week. So I thought, yeah, why, why do something different when I can just do the regular show? Because my friends, we do have movies to talk about this week. I know. Who knew? Who knew that movies were coming out during this week? You know, I wonder, this makes me wonder, has there ever been a week when no new movie comes out? I I really doubt it. Maybe in the early days of Hollywood. Maybe then. But I really doubt it happened in recent history. Maybe 9-11. But of course, that was a very obvious reason to not release a movie. Even during COVID, movies were being released, some in theaters, even though there wasn't a big, um, well, even though theaters were closed, basically, but still a lot of movies are being released on streaming, and I do think that's why movies are always going to be released from now on, just because streaming's a thing. Wow, two minutes into the show and I already went on a tangent, that's pretty good for me. If you're a listener to the show, you know sometimes that happens, and it also happens when I've been drinking a beer like Wooden Ruler, a barrel-aged imperial stout from Discretion Brewing in Capitola, California. I know some people try to hide where they're from because they don't want rabid fans to come find them and stuff, but the maybe couple of hundred of you (laughs) that listen to this show, if you want to come find me, just fucking message me. I'll hang out. It's okay. Unless you want to make a skin suit out of me like Buffalo Bill, then fuck all the way off. But anyway, if you're new to the show, you may be wondering what kind of show you're listening to. Well, like I said earlier, you are listening to a show about movies where I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. I break them up into two categories. The first category is the limited release section. In that section, I give you the movie's name, its premise, and who is in it? And I have been drinking a bit and I really found that part up, didn't I? Okay, we're going to keep it. We're just going to roll with it. For those of you playing at home, I don't drink a lot anymore. So when I do, Jesus. So in the wide releases and interesting indies, which is the next section in the show, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it. But then, but then my friends, I also give my thoughts on it. Sometimes I give some thoughts on the movies in the limited section. I won't always do that. But in this section, I always do, no matter how good or bad it looks. So I give you the name, the premise, and who's in it, but I also definitely give you my thoughts. And then I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a zero for those films that look oh so terrible to an 11 for those films that make me Oh, so excited to be a movie fan. After that, what I do is I give you a pick of the week, which I say, Hi there, friend. If you see one movie this week, this one has the best chance of being good based on the trailer and my oh so humble opinion. Well, my future friends, that's it for the intro. Let us jump into the first section, which is the limited releases. We only have three movies to talk about. Another short week, but more movies in the wide releases area so hey pretty good week for movies too so let's start with the first one which may sound familiar if you tuned in last week it's called blue jean this is getting an la release in 1988 a closeted teacher is pushed to the brink when a new student threatens to expose her sexuality this stars rosie McEwen from the alienist and like i said last week i am kind of torn with movies like this because it does have an important story that's you know, important to talk about about the treatment of the LGBTQIA+ community, especially back in the day. We have to remember how things were, so we can look at today and make sure it doesn't happen again, like it is in so many areas of the world and even in America. But at the end of the day, I will leave the politicking for we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. And instead, what I will do is just look at this as a movie, and frankly, it's boring. It doesn't even look particularly well acted. Not bad at all, but just meh. Next up, we have a movie called Midday Black Midnight Blue. This is getting a VOD release. Isolated in an empty house, Ian remains in grief over the loss of a woman he loved who died two decades ago. The memory clamoring to be released and his daily existence turning ever darker, Ian will have to find a way to let her go. This stars Chris Stack from One Life to Live and Samantha Soul from Outer Banks. And while yes, movies about grief are important, how about let's make them interesting looking? That'd be great. And finally, in the limited release section, my future friends, is a movie called Pretty Red Dress. This follows a South London family and how one red dress is the center of their lives. This stars no one of note. And once again, we have a movie that has a very important premise, especially in Pride Month, because what you don't know is that the trailer showed that this guy, uh, this I was going to say African-American, but he's from the UK. So this black gentleman gets released from prison. No idea what he did or if he even deserved to be there, but he gets released from prison, goes back to his wife and kid, and he buys his wife this beautiful red dress As a welcome me back by wearing this, but also I'm sorry I was gone. And you know, all the different things. But then he keeps getting drawn to it because he thinks it's a beautiful dress. And eventually he tries it on and it feels right. And then it's about how he struggles with this. Like, should he come out as this is something he likes? Should he keep it repressed? And then how will people react? Once again, an important movie, but just like Blue Jean just like Midday Black, Midnight Blue, it looks boring. Well, my future friends, that's it for the limited section. Normally, this is where we take our break, but let's do a couple wide releases and then do our break. So let's talk about one called Stan Lee. Yes, this is a Disney Plus original documentary. 100 Years of Dreaming, 100 Years of Creating, 100 Years of Stan Lee. So yes, a documentary about Stan Lee. I don't know how in-depth it goes, Because we've seen documentaries about him before. This one's actually done by Disney, though, so maybe it's going to be the best one yet. But the good news is it's coming to a streaming service that a lot of people already have. So why not check it out? But the good news is it's not one of those movies that you have to check out right away because you'll get spoilers. We know how how his story ends. We know he lived a nice long life. We know he was appreciated. We know he got his roses while he was alive, which is very important. We know it may have taken a while, but we know that he got all of his stories published and appreciated, but it'd still be nice to watch this, but at your own pace. Stanley, the documentary on Disney Plus, gets an 8 out of 11. Next up, my future friends, is a movie called Maggie Moores. Maggie Moores takes place in a dusty desert town where nothing ever happens, as a police chief is suddenly faced with the back-to-back murders of two women with the same name. This stars John Hamm from Baby Driver, Tina Fey from 30 Rock, Micah Stock from Kindred, Nick Mohammed from The Martian, and Happy Anderson from Snowpiercer, the TV show. So yes, we have this movie about this woman who turns up murdered named Maggie Moore, and then another woman who turns up murdered also named Maggie Moore, and then the story of how they're connected besides the names, or if there's any connection besides the names, and then what happened. So it's kind of a... A Fargo-esque whodunit where there is some comedy, but it's not straight up a comedy kind of thing. There's some funny lines, funny moments, but I would really hesitate to call it a comedy. That's a feeling I get from Maggie Moores. I could be wrong. It could be a tremendous comedy. A little hard to tell from the trailer, but I think it's going to be tongue in cheek with, you know, murder as a subcategory. So uh, it does look interesting. does look well acted. This is a good cast. I like John Hamm. I liked the acting in Mad Men. I just hated the characters. They were all just garbage. I just have trouble with TV shows or movies about bad people, which is why Will and Grace was oddly difficult for me. Sometimes I really liked it. Sometimes I'm like, hey, these people are terrible and friends, too. It's about 50 50. The only ones worth a damn are Joey Chandler and Phoebe. But that's a tangent I won't get into right now. I think this does look good, but it kind of looks like movies like Masterminds and things like that, where I I might see it, but if I miss it, I don't really think I'm missing out. And my friends, you know, I say that a lot, but isn't it true? Aren't there a lot of movies out there that you see the trailer for, or even you hear me talk about, and you're like, that does look interesting. However, I don't think I want to put the effort into seeing it. So Maggie Moores looks like a good movie and a reliable one if you want to take the opportunity to see it. Maggie Moores gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, my friends, is a movie I'm going to just talk very briefly about and then we're going to take our break. Very briefly, because this is just a limited precursor release to the wide release on the 23rd, that movie is called Asteroid City. The itinerary of a junior stargazer convention is spectacularly disrupted by a world-changing event. So this is the new Wes Anderson movie, and it stars in order on the poster, Jason Schwartzman from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Scarlett Johansson from Lost in Translation, Tom Hanks from Big, Jeffrey Wright from The Batman, Tilda Swinton from Snowpiercer, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, Edward Norton from Fight Club, Adrian Brody from The Pianist, Leave Schreiber from Scream 2, Hope Davis from About Schmidt, Stephen Park from Fargo, Rupert Friend from Homeland, Maya Hawk from Stranger Things, Steve Carell from Foxcatcher, Matt Dillon from Wild Things, Hong Chow from The Menu, Willem Dafoe from The Lighthouse, Margot Robbie from The Wolf of Wall Street, Tony Revolori from Dope, Jake Ryan from 8th Grade, and Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Again, I'm not going to talk about this movie long because it's coming out in a couple weeks, wide release. So why do it now? But I will say, I do think this looks really good. And like I say about so many different actors or directors, Wes Anderson has a very unique style. You may have seen a lot, a lot of those videos going around of people doing the Wes Anderson style on their TikToks or videos. And so, you know, if you'd even like this, you may be a big Wes Anderson fan. So you may be trying to see it this weekend. Or you may be like me, who likes Wes Anderson, but will try to see it in theaters. Uh, might not happen, but I'd be happy to watch it at home. Asteroid City gets an 8.5 out of 11. My friends, we have only three movies to talk about, but they're going to be ones that I'm going to talk quite a bit about. So let's take our break right now as we hear a word from our friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa and the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. And I did decide that. If Robbie and Lisa and Somewhat Nerdy Radio do send me something, like send me a, hey, congratulations on eight years, I'll play it in the next episode, because it was my fault that they didn't have enough time. So let's go into our break, and we'll be right back. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, Your favorite podcast app or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called
1: We're We're Doing doing fine.
0: Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in because we're we're doing fine. All right, my future friends, we're back. We're back with a movie that any other week might have been my pick of the week. Hell, if it was closer to October, closer to spooky season, I may have had this as a pick of the week. I do really really want to see this but now no that movie is called the blackening this is one of three nationwide releases seven black friends who go away for the weekend only to find themselves trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta will their street smarts and knowledge of horror help them stay alive probably not this stars antoine robertson from dear white people Sinqua Walls, who you have talked about in two weeks in a row now from White Man Can't Jump, the 2023 version. Grace Byers from Empire. Melvin Gregg from Snowfall. Jermaine Fowler from Sorry to Bother You. Yvonne Orji from Insecure. Jay Farrow from Saturday Night Live fame. Daily Show writer X Mayo and Brooklyn Nine-Nine writer Dwayne Perkins. You may have seen a trailer for this because they have been trying to push this one. They've been trying to push it as if they could compete with the main two movies. But lucky for them, this does look good, and it looks good enough that I would have no problem actually, despite what I said earlier, going to see this this week knowing that more people are going to go see the other two films. So this is reminiscent of a way of the Wayans Brothers film where it's, but it's not exactly a spoof per se. This gives me more of the vibes of, cabin in the woods where yes it is funny but it's also a horror too like we cannot forget this where i would say the scary movie movies are comedies first horror is just the flavor of comedy where i would say cabin in the woods and this horrors with a comedic tone the tropes are going to comment on are of course well-known tropes but there's nothing wrong with that like it, uh, like that scene in the trailer where it looks like it's from the beginning of the movie, or early on in the movie, where they say the black guy dies first, but they're all black. And then they proceed to one-up each other on how they're not black. Like the nerd of the group is up there standing, oh, I thought black Twitter was a seasoning. I like Jimmy Fallon without the roots, and I voted for Trump twice. So it seems not only is this movie going to jump into the stereotypes of black people in movies, or in horror movies to be exact, but also the stereotypes and the beliefs within black culture itself. I just read this book called Nerd Crush. It's a YA romance that I got on NetGalley, and it's written by a black woman about a black teenager. And in it, she's talking about how she's a huge nerd. She goes to anime conventions. She cosplays. And her cousins give her all kinds of sh**, saying she likes white people sh**, and she talks white. I really don't think this movie is going to get that deep into it, but I think it's going to touch on subjects like that, especially subjects that non-black audience members would be familiar with, so it could be an opportunity to learn, but also it'd be a great own voices movie, so the black community could get all of the inside jokes. So I think this movie looks funny, it looks worth your time, but it looks like a better film for October, for around Halloween. A good movie to start the season out with, like that spooky season rolls around, you pull this out because it is technically a horror, it has some comedy to it, and it's going to be a little more lighthearted than maybe some of your favorites. So definitely, definitely put this one on your to-be-watched list, do you want to watch it in theaters? Honestly, if you do. It's a great choice. Why not? But there are two other movies for me that I think would serve the theater experience better, because movies like The Blackening, just like Cabin in the Woods, I think are just as great on the small screen. The Blackening gets a 9 out of 11. My future friends, next up, the second to last movie and the final movie that's not the pick of the week is called The Flash. Did you see that coming? Or did it come out of left field for you? Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempting to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. This stars Ezra Miller from The Perks of Being a Wallflower, Michael Keaton from Batman, Sasha Kelly from The Young and the Restless, Ben Affleck from Gone Girl, Michael Shannon from Midnight Special, Ron Livingston from The Conjuring, Montier Trou, I think, from Pandora, Jeremy Irons from Die Hard with a Vengeance, Timora Morrison from Star Wars Episode 2, and Kiersey Clemens from Hearts Beat Loud. I am so torn, because we have to remember that Ezra Miller is, at the very least, troubled. And I do think I misgendered him in the last episode, so Ezra Miller, they, better, are kind of problematic, Right? A quick note, if you hear weird noises in the background, if you remember from last week, I'm living back at home because I'm taking care of my dad and my old bedroom is right next to the laundry room and it's either, my choices are either, wait till the laundry's done to continue recording or stay up late and I'm kinda tired, so just please bear with me. So yes, Ezra Miller, they're a little problematic, right? Getting pretty physical with fans and people uh, if I remember right, please, please don't quote me on this because I'm feeling a little too lazy to look up each individual thing. But I think a couple times people got in his face, and I can understand—well, I can't really—but as a celebrity, I could see why that would be old, why that would get very old. But handling it the way he did kind of sucked. And of course, there are other things that need just basically more acknowledgement from Warner Brothers and DC, and. Apparently, when all of this stuff started coming out, the movie was like 80% done. This movie has been delayed so long that I think they could have done it. It would have cost them money, but it also would have shown us, the viewer, us, the people of the world, that Warner Brothers and DC cares. I mean, it's not like Chris Pratt's situation, where he's just kind of low-key a piece of shit. Like, Pratt has never been open or too open at least about the problematic stuff he probably believes and James Gunn is very protective of him so there must be some good in there but there with Chris Pratt there's just a lot of I don't I don't like this kind of situation you know but with Ezra Miller it's right there so this does bring up the question of how do we support things like this is it is it a little more understandable because they were mostly done filming when all this shit came out As opposed to, like, if a movie hired Kevin Spacey now. Or if the DC keeps Amber Heard after Aquaman 2. Because I think moving forward for DC is very important. Do you keep Ezra Miller and Amber Heard? Definitely not keep Amber Heard. But that's the problem with this movie, right? It does look cool, but there's so much behind it. And if you don't care about that stuff, maybe you should. Maybe you should care about the people who have been affected by people who are working on the media you create, but hey, do do your own thing, you know? Like Fleetwood Mac says, go, go but let's take that out of the conversation for a bit, okay? Let's just walk that back and just look at this as a movie. Um, I'm really not that psyched. I really don't like Ezra Miller's Flash that much, and this was before all that shit came out the guy from the TV show, he should have been flash in the DCEU. That guy is good. That is my Barry Allen. But what I am very excited for is Michael Keaton as Batman and Sasha Calle as Supergirl looks pretty badass. I'm excited for everything else about this movie. Uh, if any of you are in Mexico right now, you can tell me if this is true. My friend Francisco is from Mexico. And he said when he went back home to visit, he said all of the ads he saw were focusing on Batman. It was all Batman heavy. And he said all of his friends in Mexico were saying, hey, do you want to go see the next Batman film? Like, the Flash, it's about Batman. And I can get on board with that because Michael Keaton is coming back as Batman. And that is the important part. Why is this not the pick of the week for me? Honestly, it is all that iffy stuff with Ezra Miller. And it is the fact that... Warner Brothers DC had so much time to deal with it better. And unfortunately, unlike a lot of the world, I do want to speak with my money and hold my money back from companies like this. Will I see it when it comes to streaming? Of course I will. Am I gonna see it in theaters? Probably not. But also, like I said, Ezra Miller aside, this just looks mediocre. And I'm excited for what James Gunn is gonna do moving forward with the DC movies, but this just seems like the last little bit of mediocrity that we have yet to release before we get the slate wiped clean. And I say that as someone who liked Batman v Superman, as someone who liked Man of Steel, I can objectively look at the DCEU and go, yeah, it wasn't that great. It had a lot of promise, but it was just, it just came up a little short. The Flash gets a 7.5 out of 11. So my future friends, you may be wondering what is the pick of the week. And for that, my friends, I have to tell you, the pick of the week is Elemental. This movie follows Ember and Wade in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents all live together. This features the voices of Leah Lewis from The Half of It, Mamudo Athi from Underwater, and Catherine O'Hara from Shit's Creek. So first of all, what did you notice about that intro to this movie? What did you notice that's different between... The times I've talked about other animated movies, could it have been that it didn't have a ca- a vocal cast so big that it took multiple breaths to get through them? Yes, I like it. F-ing finally, who is the biggest person in this vocal cast? It's Catherine O'Hara. Everyone else, from what I can see on the IMDb page, are either. Already vocal actors or just, you know, haven't done much, which is the way it should be. Oh my god, is Disney and Pixar learning? No, I don't think they are. But the fact that this isn't loaded with people who have no business being there in the first place is a big deal. And also, it looks good. But of course, Pixar is reliable. Even their worst movies, the Cars series, is still fun. And unfortunately, a lot of great movies came out during the pandemic, and they went straight to VOD, which arguably was pretty cool that we could still watch them. But Pixar movies are worth being seen on the big screen, and especially one that has just such a pure-sounding story. You know, relationship between a, a guy made a fire and a gal made a water, or is it the other way around? Yeah, gal made a fire, and we have the woman made a fire who has always thought she's going to follow in her father's footsteps running the store or or the restaurant or whatever it is and he always tells her hey elements don't mix we stay with our own kind and then one day out of the pipes bursts this water guy and they form a friendship and it's about her realizing that maybe i want a life that i build for myself not one that my father made for me maybe i can respect his dream but want my own life and maybe I do want to mix with other elements. And is this a heavy-handed racial allegory? Maybe. Maybe Pixar is going to be canceled next along with Bud Light and Jack Daniels and uh and Cracker Barrel. We'll see. But this movie just looks so good. Watch the trailer if you have not seen it. It looks beautiful. It looks well done. There are the obvious element jokes like the two kids, uh, the two water kids named Marco and Polo. The kid, the water kid who touches a sponge and gets sucked into it and then asks for help. Like dumb little jokes, but they make you smile, right? This movie, I think, is the one that's worth seeing because it's the one that's going to guarantee a good time. Because remember, Disney and Pixar. Disney and Pixar, that's all you need to know. Remember what I always say, always say when a Pixar movie comes out. What is the worst Pixar movie? It's still. Pretty good. Cars 2 was an absolute travesty of a movie, but I still laughed. Elemental is the surefire win this week, and Elemental gets a 9.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that's it for this week. Thank you oh so much for tuning in, as always. Once my life gets more back to normal, I'm going to try to see more movies in the theater again and then just do episodes about them when it's something big. So that will eventually come back. But thank you for sticking around. Thank you for coming back. If you're an old listener, thank you for listening anew. If you're brand new. And don't forget to check out the good friends of the show. The We're Doing Fine podcast with Robbie and Lisa. And as always, since the very beginning of this show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. Because my friends, this has been eight years of the Future Flicks with Billiam podcast. And I'll see you at nine. So remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off, and I'll see you in the future.